Hello, and welcome back to We're With The Brand podcast. My name is Hannah. My name is Paula. And you guys, we are in the presence of a birthday girl. It's not me. (laughs) It's one of us. (laughs) The day that we're recording this is her birthday, so um, we'll take all the happy birthday comments um, and make sure that she sees them all. Yeah. So to all of our fans, please wish her a happy birthday. (laughs) To all of our fans out there, (laughs) thank you in advance for wishing me a happy birthday. (laughs) Um, Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, We're going to talk about some current events, if you will, a news roundup. Mm -hmm. Um, Paula's going to explain a little bit more, so I'll turn it over to her. Yeah, we're just going to go through a couple of stories that we found really interesting and um, kind of relevant to the industry, to branding, all that good stuff. These are all pretty recent. Um, And I want to open up with a Spotify story. So Spotify just launched on Tuesday. They just made available available audiobooks to everyone in the US, um, which is kind of a big deal because Audible typically dominated this industry. Yeah. Um, I think they took up about like 40% of 48% of the industry only because they controlled 48% of the US um, audiobook sales. And Spotify is kind of coming after them with this. I think Spotify is already so, so majorly well-known. And so for them to step foot into a new space, but do so like in a way that people are like, oh, wow, Spotify is making waves. Okay, like Spotify is taking this seriously. I think I think it's a big deal. What do you think? Well, I actually didn't know this and I am curious. I'm assuming they still charge for books. Yeah, they actually do. So the way they're going to do it is that they're going to have a bunch of audiobooks available. Um, a bunch of really big publishers have already um, kind of signed up with Spotify to make their books available. Really big publishers like Simon & Schuster, Penguin Random House, um, giant, giant people. Yeah. Um, and so the way Spotify is going to do it is they're going to have those audiobooks available like per download. You're going to pay like per book. Um, however, here's a little... I don't know if it's a little tip, a little trick, a little, a little sly move, but they want to avoid the in-app purchases that Apple has. Like if you have to pay on the Spotify app, then Apple has to take about 30% of commissions, I believe. And Mm -hmm. there's a big kind of like war against the commissions that Apple takes. So the way Spotify is avoiding that is when you see a book that you want to listen to, click on it to buy. It's going to redirect you out to a browser. You're going to pay there and then you're going to go back to the app and you're going to have it available to you. Um, So there's going to be no in-app purchases and Spotify is avoiding the Apple commissions and fees and tolls and all that good stuff. That's so interesting. I'm a Spotify gal. You're a Spotify gal, aren't you? I love... No, I was going to say our roast today is Apple Music. Oh no, that's our hot take today. <laughs> yeah, it's hot take. Apple Music. Not you know, there. when I switched to Verizon, I got like a free year of Apple Music or something, and I never yeah. even have used it because you know I just have to say that the Spotify playlists are superior. And I- anyone that I know who has either once had Spotify and then got Apple Music, or had, or vice versa, yeah, uh, had Apple Music and then got Spotify always say that like apple's curated playlists just are not anywhere near so i'm committed i've been a spotify gal for oh my gosh i feel like 10 years now i've 
probably same honestly I think I think what Spotify does is just they nail like they nail their branding they nail who they are they do it really really well like it's not only the really personalized playlist you know but even that like Spotify unwrapped at the end of each year like that that feels personal like to me as a consumer I see that and I'm like wow like they're thinking of me or like wow this is so unique to me this is like a me thing my experience and I think that they do mortifying like honestly yeah I did not need to know that I listened to like a Beethoven song 25 (laughs) hours I know that's embarrassing last year I was like oh was I going through it I don't even remember it yeah (laughs) it was a little sad over here yeah I know I see some songs on my unwrapped and I'm like listen I can't explain that one, and I'm not even going to try to. But <laughs> no, I'm excited for um, this year's Unwrapped. Yeah. But yeah, I think that this audiobook move with Spotify is really cool. And I know that I think it was like the head of like the audiobook division or something like that for Spotify specifically. He did say that they're looking to do a kind of subscription program as well for the audiobooks. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, which could also bring in more revenue and is pretty interesting. I feel like you you like audiobooks, right? Uh, I'm a Kindle gal. You're well, Kindle. I have listened. I, I'm a podcast, audiobook, Kindle Unlimited girl. So okay. anytime I'm in the car, I don't know, music sometimes can stress me out. So I like listening to a story. So it's usually a podcast or a book. But I was going to say that um, Kindle, so Amazon obviously yeah. owns Kindle. And Kindle has kindle unlimited which is it's ten dollars a month and you have access to i mean tons of books and you can essentially rent them for free so they wouldn't they don't uh save onto your device but they do save into your kindle unlimited account so as long as you have kindle unlimited you have access to those books so i feel like if spotify was doing something like that i'd be all in for an extra ten dollars a month or whatever for some sort of subscription-based books i would do that for sure now, here's the real question. Would you ditch your Kindle Unlimited in favor of Spotify? You, as someone that has that brand loyalty to both Spotify and to Kindle Unlimited, what would you do? I don't think I would, only because I personally, for books, prefer to read them than listen to them. Okay. Except for, here's my here's my clause biographies like autobiographies I love and when they read it themselves I love hearing the author read their own words so that's like my one but I also feel like everything that I would want as far as stories wise if it's nonfiction, yeah there's usually a podcast on it (laughs) so that's true and I know here's my other quirk though is that like I listen to podcasts on Apple podcasts I don't listen to podcasts through Spotify I don't know. It's like once I started downloading and being subscribed to podcasts on Apple Podcasts, yeah, there was never a good time to switch. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm super loyal to my Spotify. I listen to my podcasts on Spotify and they have some is Spotify themselves. They don't have like, do they own the networks of podcasts? Because, you know, the park podcast network, is that Spotify owned or is that its own thing? I believe that Spotify has its own, well, really, Caller Daddy, I'm pretty sure, is their, like, biggest one that they own. Yeah. Um, But I think it's just the Spotify network. Like, I don't think that they have a different name. Okay. 
I don't know. My point is that you to look up. <laughs> yeah. Something to dive a little more into. Yeah. Um, I also think that this audiobook, if they do have a subscription, I know that again, the person that was in charge of um kind of like this department and putting this in motion also mentioned something about with a subscription program, they could do like an ad tiered subscription. So it would be very much like right now, the people that have um, Spotify for free or even people that don't have Spotify for free and listen to podcasts, you know, there's always like a little um, commercial, not commercial ad in the middle of it sometimes. Or if you have the free version, you're listening to music five songs later, you hear a commercial for a big uh, players. I have always been a premium account holder, but yes, I understand your point. I have too, because I absolutely hate being so in the zone, listening to my music and then by the way, visit Dairy Queen. Like, I'm not going to well, do And also, okay, so here's my one Apple Podcast Plus is that when you're listening to Apple Podcasts and an ad starts, they have a little button that skips 30 seconds. So normally ad reads are two minutes. So if you press it four times, you're usually done with the ads. Spotify has that too, though. So. Oh, okay. I thought I was onto something. Yeah. You but you can't skip ads when you're on a free account on Spotify. I get yeah. what you're saying. There are different kinds of ads. Like they're either yeah. podcast reads or they're an ad on the app. But um, yeah, no, we hot take. Hot only premium Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> also, they have the best like family plan. Like we have a family plan with our friends and I think it's $8 for Colton and I every month. That's so good. Yeah, it's really okay. cheap. I think this is like a Spotify ad at this point because I know. So did you want to just wrap it up now? Is yeah, actually that's it. Episode yeah. is be titled Why You Should Get Spotify. Oh, we have more. We have good ones. We need to go. Yeah. Okay, let's go. We're going to the next one. Yeah. Next story. Um, this one I'm really passionate about just because I love Ulta and I know that you do too. Or at least I think you do. I feel like who doesn't like Ulta? No, I love Ulta. Yeah. Right. Good. But about Ulta. So the VP of store design announced that they're going to be changing their Ulta layout to be more stitched together. Um, and so what this means is that I know when I, what does that mean? <laughs> when I first heard about this and I was looking into it and I was researching, I was like a stitched together store. It's all in the same place. I'm going to get a country of origin on that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Come on. Um, but it's going to be stitched together and they've tried this. They've kind of done, um, I want to say pilot. They've piloted this, but they've tested this out in a couple of different locations. But the way that an Ulta store usually is, is they break out their brands and their products into, they call it prestige and mass. So prestige is like the high-end luxury brand, luxury, luxury like, brands like Fenty, Mac, Clinique. I don't know. Um, well, Fun fact, my mom has worked for Lancome Cosmetics for my like whole life. So, you know, that was my, that was going to be my next one was Lancome. But I know it's kind of not everybody's. Are they even in Nolta? They sure are. And um, <laughs> they're trying to, they, Zendaya is their like new brand ambassador. Oh. They're trying to freshen it up. Okay. But it's definitely a mature. Yes. Brand. Yes. Interesting, because I feel like that ties back to a couple of episodes back about our A-list celebrity episode about how brands have the potential to choose their spokesperson and have it better their brand image or change it. So it's interesting that they're they're choosing Zendaya. They definitely want to. I have more. I have more thoughts on it. Do you want to say your thoughts? Yeah, I just this is actually branding related. So um, when they signed her on as their spokesperson, I think. Yeah. before her was Anne Hathaway and oh, then wow. 
they went to Zendaya and she designed, well, she like chose the notes of a fragrance. It's called doll. It's French. Um, And when they lot like the design of it is supposed to mimic like the size and feel of a cell phone. Interesting. So, So like, you know, like Apple, like it is similar to this size and then this shape as well. Okay. So when my mom was, she long, I won't explain all of it, but anyways, she was explaining that the design was intentional to feel like a familiar, like <laughs> to our age. Isn't that insane? So, That's so interesting to pick it up and have that connection to like something that you're used to something. holding. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but she like designed that fragrance and then was the face of that fragrance. It's really good. Maybe check it out. I do know too, like this is another branding thing is that they were always a mature brand and they have recently as part of their like younger push have come out with like an acne line, like acne. Interesting. I keep getting the ads on TikTok, um, for like their acne safe, like foundation and whatnot so there's our branding lesson mixed into our ulta okay we're back we're back to the stitching together but we're back to the stitching together and it is funny that you mentioned acne and skincare because that is part of this ulta um move in changing their store layout but the way they had their store right was broken up into prestige and then mask which is kind of like the way i think about it is drugstore makeup so nyx color pop elf maybelline so prestige and mass and they'd, they'd have like perfume tucked away somewhere random and they'd have Usually their like in the middle of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's like the divider and then they have their hair salon. I don't know if all Ultas have a hair salon. I, I recently do. that there was an Ulta hair salon, but they have them in the back usually. Um, however, now the VP of store design said that they're going to the stitch together is essentially prestige and mass and kind of coming together. And the way it's going to happen is that when people walk into an Ulta first, they're going to see a whole collection of prestige mixed in with mass. It's not going to be so separate anymore. And they're doing this because it's kind of like a reflection of the way that we shop. Like shoppers, they found, Ulta found that shoppers across the board, they're not just going to the prestige section and only shopping there. They're not just going to the mass section and only shopping there. Most people that are shopping for makeup, for skincare, for et cetera, for whatever, they're kind of hopping back and forth. They're choosing what they want, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe I, like, for example, me, like I have like a Fenty, like glow tint thing, but I absolutely love Elf's like glitter eyeshadows. And I love Nyx's like lip balms and so I'm kind of the example too. And I'm sure like you're the same way. I feel like you, yeah. right? No, I am. And I was going to say, this is why I feel like shoppers, most shoppers prefer Ulta over Sephora because Sephora yeah. is like all prestige. There's no discount to it, you know? And then yeah. Ulta is like, okay, I want to go and I want to be able to get multiple things. Exactly. And be able to kind of cross the budget, you know? So, yeah. so wait, are they separating it by like, concern like skin concern so or the way I understood it reading like the article and looking into it is they're gonna have um a mix of prestige masks but it's gonna be like bestsellers and stuff that's like the most trendy right up front which brings me to my next point is that they're also gonna add skincare to the mix right up front so theoretically when you walk into an Ulta you're going to see whatever you're going to see your Fenty right next to your NYX and then right next to like your super goop sunscreen or something like that. Mm -hmm. Because skincare, I believe 
raked them in the most revenue recently. I think it was one of their biggest sellers for Q3 or something like that, um, which is not surprising. I think that there's been a huge, huge skincare trend going on. Um, oh, yeah. COVID TikTok really put us on our skincare game. Yeah, I think so. And it's kind of crazy because I feel like usually, at least growing up, I remember skincare being kind of like, eh, that's an old lady thing. Like you put your little eye cream on and you go, right? But I mean... Everyone. I did grow up with a mom that works for long come, so I didn't <laughs> know that. <laughs> yeah, so, but now everyone's doing skincare. Like, Gen Z, it's starting really, really young. Like, everyone is obsessed with their little skincare, and Ulta notices that. And I think it's a good example of how they see what their consumer is interested in. They notice that, and they're doing stuff to ensure that they're helping their consumer, like, achieve the products they want by putting skincare right up the front. You know what I think they should do? What? Here's my hot tape. Okay. They need an entire dupe section. Oh. They need your prestige luxury brand, your jewelry, yeah. whatever, and then all the dupes for that. Because I feel like if you go on to TikTok and start looking up like either skincare dupes or makeup dupes, like, and all the ones that go viral sell out everywhere. So, so I feel like they're missing an opportunity to highlight well they do a good job I feel like the last couple of times I've gone in I feel like everything that's really trendy is in those you know those like first five tables whenever you walk in yeah Yeah. either go to your drugstore side or your luxury side or whatever so I feel like they do acknowledge it but I feel like they're missing an opportunity here that's true then the other side of that is I understand why they would want to keep it separated throughout the store so that you have to walk around the whole store so that you more than likely will pick up more items. Yeah, exactly. And so you have to buy the more expensive stuff too. You know, maybe people don't know. I feel like it might be not the best business model to always offer the cheaper alternative if your job is to sell like high end, expensive and cheap. I really don't know how Ulta gets like, like, I don't know how the paying, like the payout like thing is. Like, I don't know if like they get more money for selling more expensive products or if they just bulk buy the products like from each brand and it doesn't matter that much. Like in my head, I would think it would make sense to like mix it up and try to send like Charlotte, um, sell Charlotte Tilbury as well as Nick. Yeah. I'm sure that there has to be, cause I, I mean, let's be honest, the product costs the same to make. Like <laughs> it costs the same to make a lip liner for Charlotte Tilbury as it does for NYX and NYX is what like three dollars for a lip liner like really yeah so I don't know I honestly feel like a lot of it is super scammy and to talk about branding and marketing here is I cannot believe the like misinformation of skincare and I I'm not that I'm an expert by any means but it's just like blasted like I feel like a good example is retinol hmm because that was a really like big ingredient, but retinol is vitamin A and it is, you can get a prescribed at a dermatologist, get a big old tube of it in its most potent form for like $8 with insurance, <laughs> but you can go to Ulta and get $120 cream from Dermalogica. Like that has retinol in it, but it's like the uh, 1% of it rather than like 6% or whatever it right. is. I'm throwing out numbers, but, um, I feel like brands really pick up on those keywords that people are searching for, obviously, and use it to their advantage. But the markup is insane. Yeah, I agree. And I also know that because, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. I was say, I also know that because my mom has worked for, well, L'Oreal owns Lancome. Right. And we always had a like employee and family 
like catalog that we can buy from. And I know what the cost of those products are compared to what they sell for. So I'm like, I know you're still making money off the employees. So even though they're 50% off, they probably cost yeah then to make or whatever and you're still making money off of it so so what I'm hearing is that I should go to a dermatologist well I mean yes <laughs> here's the thing here's my hot take here's my one adult hot take that I have if you pay monthly for insurance and you don't utilize doctors We can we can move on. I'm feeling a little personally attacked right you now. You know, it's just I the whole system. We're not going to get into the system today. We're not going to do that. But yes, I personally think that a dermatologist is a better option than an Ulta employee telling you what you should buy. Um, and that's Agreed. all I say on that. Agree. We're gonna get canceled for this episode. I feel like I've already like we've we've yeah. spilled too many secrets. We've we have too many hot yeah. takes. It's a lot of hot takes in this one. Yeah. I mean, Android yeah. still suck, but yeah, Android still sucks. So, um, but anyway, I really like this one a lot. Like I said, I'm a big a shopper. I think it's going to be really, really cool to have everything feel mixed in. And I mean, I'm, why does it feel more like inclusive? I, don't I was, know. I was about to say that I was about to say, I don't really like think too hard. Like personally, like I'm, I'm not, I don't really shop in the prestige section a lot. Yeah. Um, and I don't really like think too hard about like, oh, like are people noticing that I'm shopping like in the mass section and not in the prestige section, but I'm sure that there's some element to like, okay, like here I am shopping in like the cheaper like versions. Like what do people like think of me? Like, you know, like you never, for all the social anxiety girlies out there, maybe you have these thoughts. Um, you know, those thoughts will leave soon because everything's going to be the same and it's all going to be mixed in and it's going to be beautiful and inclusive. I'm the girl that takes the thing from the prestige side and then goes over to the other side and tries to find the closest. Do you like ingredient match? No, because you won't. I mean, honestly, I feel like the ingredients are the same. I think it's just oh, they of certain active ingredients. But I yeah. mean, like if I had a lip liner color that I liked or something yeah. from a brand, like going over to the other side and looking at the hundreds that Nyx has like you'll probably find one really similar but absolutely it's tempting the the Charlotte Tilbury pillow talk that everybody loves I've always wanted it and I just I literally cannot do it I can't spend $30 on a lip liner or lipstick I've also never bought a lip liner or lipstick in my life so I don't really know why I'm using that example specifically <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, say I feel like Okay, here's my last thought on this. I okay. feel like makeup brands are not as, like, it's not the same as, like, walking around in Air Force Ones or, like, knockoff Air Force Ones. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. there's like no a Walmart dupe of Air Force Ones and Air Force Ones. Like, it's totally different because you can't tell when someone's wearing. Yeah. Like, my favorite foundation of all time is $3 from Wet n Wild. Yeah. But they have 60 five dollar ones on the other side that are essentially the exact same thing so yeah there is yeah agree anyway um because I could talk about that forever too I'm like the cosmetic industry has literally raised me but I think it's all a scam (laughs) 
we should dedicate an episode to the cosmetic industry because the way they do brand and the way they're like, this is so high end, blah, blah, blah. But then there's the same exact product for $2 that is usually pushed to people by content marketing, like influencers um, and influencer marketing. Um, worth the talk. That the truth? Wow. I'm really feeling it now. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, to we'll Leah, that. who will hopefully watch this, Leah, um, will you please comment if you want us to make that episode? Because yeah, um, we'll do it for you. We'll do it just for you. We'll call you out in the next episode too. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Next, next, I wanted to talk about revenue sharing on YouTube Shorts. So. YouTube Shorts has already kind of like um, had funding or had money to pay creators, et cetera. Um, but they had a fixed fund of $100 million. And starting next year, they're going to roll out their revenue sharing program. And they're going to pool together revenue generated across Shorts on a monthly basis to pay creators to help them cover like whatever. I think music licensing costs was one. Um, so creators are going to keep 45% of that revenue. And the rest is going to be distributed throughout like however my point is just that this kind of highlights how content creators short form videos and short form content and influencer marketing is really kind of taking over and you see it in the way that brands are starting to cater a lot to those like influencers the mini content creators right people that look like you or me but that they're famous on tiktok because of the recommendations they give or because of the thoughts they have you know mm-hmm. what are your thoughts though on like where that will be in 10 years because I think about this often how many people have full-time jobs they go viral on TikTok quit their job and now they're content creators yeah I think about it often I'm like where is it in 10 years because if you think about Instagram 10 years ago 15 years ago whenever it launched 10 years whatever it was yeah so different and I can't imagine that these platforms aren't going to continue to evolve um and with that like is traditional marketing going to die because you just have all these content creators that can right everything that you would do elsewhere like I don't know but I I don't know how I don't know what it looks I just I think I think about it too much when people excuse me whenever they can't or not cancel whenever they quit their jobs and they're like I'm a content creator and I'm like for forever like yeah like you know like what what do you do no I was always go back I feel like there's like on one hand definitely and we've talked about this before but on one hand there's definitely that authenticity trend of people wanting to hear from influencers and smaller content creators and like really like buying into that like oh some little person with like not little person some like someone with a little following like yeah with 400 followers told me to buy this I trust them because they seem authentic like I'm gonna go that way and yes right now it's a giant giant trend people want that they want they want to just be in the know by people Mm -hmm. that feel like they're friends but I do feel like on the flip side maybe later down the line this will make traditional marketing more effective because it's not going to be the norm right yeah like right now it seems like short form content and influencer marketing is becoming the norm. And so traditional marketing is getting kind of getting pushed out. Yeah. Um, but in a little bit when this becomes like entirely the norm and traditional marketing goes away or not goes away, but is not really as effective or doesn't whatever. I think mm-hmm. that using it could be like, Oh wow, that's different. Oh wow. A billboard, you know, like not yeah. like that. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, that, that ad doesn't move. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's no sound. There's no billboard. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I feel yeah. like traditional marketing is always going to be around, but I think that right now the spotlight is definitely on influencer marketing. And I feel like another like way to another point that illustrates that is that ESPN also is doing a creator network kind of thing. Their goal is to attract the younger audience of Gen Z and they want to focus on uh, larger content creators that have like niche followings on TikTok. And it is to, again, get their content, get what they want in front of the younger audiences. Um, out of all the people, I did not think ESPN would ever launch a creator oh. network. I'm kind of floored by that, but it's rolling out. I'm pretty sure it's rolling out in October. I wonder if their creators are athletes. I wonder that too. I know they're going to pull their creators from TikTok. Like they want their creators to be TikTok famous or TikTok, big on TikTok already. But I do wonder if it's actual like maybe college athletes or just maybe people that have a lot of opinions about stuff or they're big sports fans. Like, for example, like bringing it back to makeup, um, some influencers that I follow and respect and trust for makeup, like they're not makeup artists themselves. They're regular people that like to do their makeup on a daily basis, right? So, I, I mean- respect you are a makeup artist if you do that but yeah. they, they're not like employed doing yeah, makeup right. like one way shows yeah um, that makes sense yeah. I see your honorable mentions and I just have to say one that isn't here is Instagram launching a like counter to be real have you seen that I haven't but I know someone here at UTech said just watch Instagram is gonna do that Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have the app right now, but I have seen on TikTok that people are not having it. Because, you know, Instagram can't just stay in their lane. They no. will not die without a fight. <laughs> no, and they, yeah, they've gotten fine. so much, like, bad news, bad press, I guess, for even having TikTok reels. Because it's too much, like, it's imitating TikTok and I think it even showed that they lost some revenue because of the TikTok reels, something along those lines. The point is, is that their business is being affected because they can't stay in their own lane. And this is another example of like, people at Instagram, what are you doing? You're not listening to your audience. You're not listening to your consumers. Yeah. We don't want TikTok on Instagram. We don't want Be Real on Instagram. New. I mean, I feel like the people that are loyal to Instagram are going to stay anyways, but I mean, eventually I think it's going to be obsolete. The same way that like, when Facebook came out, well, no, let me, let me go even further back when we were all on MySpace yeah, and then Facebook came out and that was only available to a certain, you know, crowd at the time. It was the college age kids, but eventually, and I vividly remember that switch when I was a freshman in high school from MySpace to Facebook. And I feel like now because the market of social media is so saturated, there's not a clean switch. So instead of just dying off and dying with grace. They try to keep up with all the other ones. You know, each, yeah. each app is competing with each other. And yeah, yeah. if you think about it, all the apps are free. So we, I feel like the next step is going to be that they add a feature that you have to pay for. I know Instagram added their, I forget what it's called. It's not a paid feature, but, but it is a subscription feature where not only do you follow a person on Instagram or a creator, but you subscribe to their content and you see like extra content. And I'm pretty sure that it is free, but they did add that. Which is just a Patreon. Essentially, but unpaid, right? Because I think for people- I don't people, know how to do something unique. No, Instagram- was Instagram. It was the first 
app that you shared whatever you wanted whenever you wanted yeah and, and now it's just but yes I'm still gonna use Instagram um you know to wrap this up we love Instagram we love Spotify we love androids oh we hate androids <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a couple of two more honorable mentions these are honorable okay. mentions because i'm not going to dive into it but i think they're cool to know is snapchat is now available on your web browser which interesting and kind of weird move i don't think i like that i don't either only because what's the point we know snapchat for the filters on phones etc they say it's because there's more there's like millions of people that use snapchat to call and to text so what i'm assuming to me, it seems like they want to do some type of Zoom thing where you can use Snapchat to have this face-to-face interaction in a more formal setting. I'll have to look into it a little bit more, but it's very weird. Snapchat yeah, children. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just children. It's weird. Um, and then most people aren't really a fan of Twitter shopping feature. I think people kind of weren't a fan of Instagram shopping feature at first, but now I feel like it's kind of grown on people a little bit. I mean, I feel like people buy from Instagram, but they don't even realize it. Like, that's true. you know, like they'll see an ad and they think it's organic and then they're yeah. like, Oh, what? and then they click on it and then they buy it. Um, I personally don't do that, but I understand why people do. And personally could not be me, but I just have so much self-control, you know, like I'm not going to be <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> anyway, that is all for today. All right. I feel like that was, uh, a lot of hot takes, a lot of bashing whoops but um thank you so much for listening we'll include our sources in the show notes um as usual and everybody better say happy birthday to our Paula girl and until next time we'll see you next time see you next time bye, bye.